God is good. And all the time. That's his nature. Wow. Woo. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Real quick before I get, get into the word. Mom, can you stand up? This is my African mom. <laughs> uh, when, we go, when we go to Kenya, it's actually Jenny's mom. Stand up, Jenny. Can you tell that they're related? <laughs> um, but um, we go to Kenya. We've been to Kenya the last two years during this time, and, and she's always been such a great host to us. And, and of course, that's Richard's mom, and that's, that's Shex's mom, and that's... <laughs> G's mother-in-law, that's Lindsay's mother-in-law, and where's Millie, and where's, uh, <laughs> oh, thank you, Father. Man, such a great presence here, such a good presence, man, thank you, Father, hallelujah. You know, I don't want to preach without the anointing, <laughs> I don't want to do anything, I don't want to, I don't want to drive in my car without the anointing, I, I don't want to, I don't want to do anything without the anointing. You know, there's an anointing for ministry, but there's an anointing for life. And so often we, we, we think that uh, anointing is strictly for just something that we stand behind here or doing some sort of ministry. But no, there's, there's a grace for everyday life. Grace for everyday life. But how do you tap into that grace? How do you tap into that life? How, how do you tap into the promises of God for your life? How do we tap into even like that prophetic word where God is opening a new door and bringing about supernatural increase like never before? Amen. That, that was a word that came from God. And, you know, in Romans, in Corinthians chapter 12, it talks about how, how those different gifts in the body... And it says he set those gifts, those ministries, he's talking about the gifts of the Spirit, and he talks about how those gifts work as the Spirit wills. And, and it's not as someone wills, but when it says when the Spirit of God came upon someone, they would do certain things. So when the Spirit of God came upon Dr. Savell and gave him that word for us and for the body of Christ, it says in verse 7 of chapter 12, it says, so the church could, could, could increase. So the church could profit. I don't know about you, but I like the sound of profit. See, see, the word of God was sent to you and I so our lives could come up. Say that word, come up. You, you see, that's what God's desire is in your life. And he does not want you to remain the same in any area of your life. So when we talk about God increasing, a supernatural increase like never before... It's to come up to another level. Come up to another level. And that, that word just keeps coming off, going off on the inside of me. And, and this is how he keeps tell, telling me. He goes, the church is coming up, up, up. You know, I, 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 just, I just sense that in my heart. And, and I just want you to get a hold of that for you. You know, I want you to get a hold of that. Because Dr. Sell even told us that in, we have to develop 2020 vision for 2020. Meaning you need, and that means that you have clarity, you have sharpness of vision, meaning you have, you have, you're seeing something before you see it. You know, Abraham had a promise that he would be the father of many nations. And we look at Hebrews and it talks about by faith he did this, by faith he did that. And he talked about how that he received Isaac raised in an image. 
Meaning, be like, how am I going to be the father of many nations if I kill the seed that's going to produce it? But what he received him in an inner image. Abraham had 2020 vision that I'm going to come down this mountain. I may go up with him and sacrifice him, but I'm going to come down the mountain with him. And if God has to raise him up out of the ashes, so be it. Why? Because he had conceived in an image the promise that God had. So I want you to receive in an image that you're coming up, up, up. That supernatural increase is manifesting in your life. You know what? What a great thing about the word of God and the, and the, you, you don't have to feel it. You know, I'm, I'm so grateful. I, I don't have to feel God's presence. I'm so grateful when I do. But I know by the words, Vic, that when he says two or three are gathered in his name, there he is in the midst. I don't need to feel anything. I know when at least more than one and two or three came here today, God's showing up. So if it was just me, Annette, and Michaela, hey, God's here. And I'm telling you, when you get around God, everything changes. You know, I've been talking about developing an expectation. You know, and, I, and I've talked about shift, shifting our priorities. You see, if we're going to go up, 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 meaning we have to shift, shift our priorities to step into supernatural possibilities. Meaning we can't continue to live and go about life the way we always do it. Meaning there has to be, if we're going to come, come up, that means I might, must shift some priorities in my life. Let's go to, let's go to um, uh, Matthew chapter 13. And I'm just going to continue on what I've been dealing with. Uh, last week, first service, we had Shelly Brim. And what a marvelous time we had about being, being filled, be being filled with the Spirit. In the second service, we, uh, we talked about, you know, worshiping. We talked about, you know, seeking after God. We talked about these different priorities. And so we're going to continue on that vein. Matthew chapter 13. I want you to see this. I'm not going to elaborate on this. I dealt with this a few weeks ago. Thank you, Father. Matthew chapter 13. Matthew chapter 13, verse 9. It says, Who hath ears to hear, let him hear. And the disciples came and said unto him, Why speak thou unto them in parables? And he answered and said to them, Because it is given unto you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it is not given. Why was he having to speak into parables? Because, because for one, he said, he was saying, it's been given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom, but not unto them. Meaning, because not unto them, I have to speak to them in parables. I have to tell them a story for them to see mysteries of the kingdom. So he who has ears to hear, then it says, would know the mysteries of the kingdom, Right? So if I have ears to hear, that means I can know the mysteries of the kingdom. Do you see that? Then verse, verse 12 says this, for whoever has, has what? Either ears to hear, and if I have ears to hear, then I can know the mysteries of the kingdom. Or you could say this, whoever has the mysteries of the kingdom, to him shall be given, and he shall have more abundance. Meaning, if I can get a hold, Vic, if I can get a hold of the mysteries of the kingdom, 
then it will be given unto me more mysteries of the kingdom and I'll operate and live with more abundance. You see, the only thing that is hindering you is having a greater understanding of the mysteries of the kingdom. Your proverb says this, wisdom is the principal thing. And all thy getting, get understand, get, get understanding. So the whole understanding what? The mysteries of the kingdom. So what we need to understand is, if we get a hold of the mysteries of the kingdom, it's what's going to bring increase into my life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's go to Isaiah chapter 51. I'm not going to, I can't stay long on that. I dealt with that a few weeks ago. You can go online and. Go back to that. But I really want you to understand this, that if we're going to step, step into supernatural increase or go through this door that God is opening that brings about supernatural increase, then we must be able to have ears to hear and eyes to see and hearts to understand the mysteries of the kingdom. Isaiah chapter 51. Verse 1 in the Amplified says, Hearken to me. You who follow after righteousness and justice, you who seek and inquire of the Lord. We dealt with that last week. Seek first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added unto you. The word added there means increase. Meaning if I seek first his kingdom, if I seek first the mysteries of the kingdom, then what happens is I'm going to experience increase. So here he's talking to someone that is seeking. Verse 2 says... Look to Abraham. See, he's talking about mysteries of the kingdom. Look to Abraham, your father, and to Sarah who bore you. For I called him when he was but one, and I blessed him, and I made him many. Meaning, Abraham was just one, but because of me, I made him many. Now, I I, I talked about that for a few weeks. Now, let's go to the next verse. For the Lord will comfort Zion. Now, he's, he says here, look to Abraham. Look to Sarah. Because when they were one, I blessed them and made them many. So now we can go to the next verse and you could say it this way. In the same way. Now, what are you saying? Look to Abraham. He was one. I blessed him and I made him many. In the same way, in the same way that I increased Abraham... I'm going to comfort Zion. For the Lord will comfort Zion. Look to, look to Abraham. Because what I did in Abraham, I'm going to do the same thing in Zion. And what does Zion represent? The New Testament church. For the Lord will comfort Zion. How is he going to comfort Zion? It says he will comfort all her waste places. He will make her wildernesses like an Eden and her desert like the garden of the Lord. What can God do in your desert? What can God do in your wilderness? You see, he's wanting us to look at Abraham because the same way he did it with Abraham, he's going to do the same thing for the New Testament church. What, where, where Abraham was just one, he wants to come in and bring aid and support. That word comfort there means to lift up, it means to support, it means to aid. 
And what is he going to aid? He said he's going to comfort all her waste places. And he's going to make her wilderness like an Eden. Wow. Was there anything that the children of Israel lacked? I mean, that, that, that Adam and Eve lacked in the garden. Everything that they had need of. So in the same way. Now for you and I, if there's areas in your life that need to come up, it's going to be the same way. Look to Abraham who bore you. Look to Sarah. They were started as one and I blessed them and made them many. And in that same way, I'm going to comfort Zion. I'm going to, I'm going to turn their wilderness. I'm going to turn their deserts where the, where there, where there's not supposed to be rivers. I'm going to create them. I mean, God has the ability to make something out of nothing. And so you need to understand, he just, with Abraham, it was just one, but he increased him and made him many. See, you need to understand when this prophetic word that God is opening a new door and bringing about supernatural increase like never before, you need to understand that it's God's desire to increase you. Settle that right now. Don't think, could it be, or, or maybe he would. No, settle it in your heart that he wants you to finish 2020 greater than you started 2020 in every area of your life, in every area of your life. But look to Abraham. Her desert like the garden of the Lord. And joy and gladness will be found in her. Now do you think if you were, you were today you were a wilderness and tomorrow you were in Eden. Do you think you'd have a greater level of joy? I mean, all of a sudden, if every prayer that you had prayed for the last 10 years came to pass in the next five minutes, would you have joy? <laughs> that, that means, that, means that, that as we get a hold of this, as we understand what God wants to do, it should already be stirring in us a joy. It should be stirring within us. A, it should be fueling our faith. It should be establishing peace within our hearts. Look to Abraham. Now, let's go to Genesis 26. Genesis 26, this is another word, an assignment that Dr. Savell had given us, that we should continue in reading Genesis 26. So when we look to Abraham, and last week we did, and we talked about how, how Abraham walked before God, meaning there was nothing between Abraham's face and God's face, meaning he had one primary focus, and that was God. Genesis 26. Now let's deal with something new still concerning this. Verse 1. And there was a famine in the land. Other than the former famine. That was in the days of Abraham and Isaac. And Abraham. And Isaac went to Gerar. To Abimelech. King of the Philistines. And the Lord appeared to him and said. Do not go down to Egypt. You see, when the prophetic word comes, it's to give you God's heart. It's to tell you what God sees about a situation. So here, they're in a famine. So you could say they're in a wilderness. You could say they have waste places. 
And you know what? The only place where there's anything of material value at this point would be Egypt. But yet God tells Isaac, don't go there. Don't go there. You see, we always have a tendency to lean to the arm of our flesh to be our answer. You see, we always look to what might seem look seem right. You know, Proverbs says there's a way that seems right into a man, but the end of that way is destruction. Meaning, if we're going to step into, see, it's supernatural increase. It's supernatural increase. Meaning, if it's going to be something that God's going to produce in my life. Now it can it can manifest in natural ways, but it's going to be it's always going to begin with the word. It's going to begin with God. It's supernatural increase. So here Isaac had a word, and it was a word that I'm going to bring supernatural increase to your life, and it's not going to be found where everyone else is getting it. And the Lord appeared to him and said, "Do not go down to Egypt. Live in the land which I will tell you." Dwell temporarily in this land, and I will be with you. Say, I will be with you. I will be with you. Mm. And will favor you. Say, favor you. Favor. With blessings. Say, with blessings. with blessings. Now hear this. For to you and to your descendants, I will give all these lands, and I will perform the oath which I swore to Abraham your father. And I will make your descendants to multiply as the stars of the heavens. And I will give to your posterity all these lands. And by your offspring shall all the nations of the earth be blessed or by him bless themselves. For Abraham listened to and obeyed my voice and kept my charge, my commands, my statutes, and my laws. Look to Abraham. Now we can see what did Abraham, what, what is God telling Isaac here? Look to your father. He obeyed all my commands. So what command would God want Isaac to obey? Stay here. Dwell temporarily here. And when you dwell temporarily here, you're going to see supernatural increase. I'm going to be, you stay here. I'm going to be with you. And I'm going to favor you. Now, see, that's what I want to what I want to deal with today, and what the Holy Spirit wants to deal with us is this phrase that I will be with you. See, God is opening a new door and bringing about supernatural increase like never before. The issue doesn't come down to how much can we do in ourselves. The question is, what can we do with God? I am with you and I will favor you and I will bless you and I will multiply you. See, there was nothing about Isaac here in this statement that's Isaac's going to increase himself. The question comes down to, I am going to be with you. Now, Isaac knows now that God is going to be with him. Now, let's go to verse 13. Thank you, Father. Verse 12, I'm sorry. And Isaac sowed in the land, and he received in the same year a hundredfold. And the Lord blessed him. And the man 
waxed great and went forward and grew until he become, became very great. Now, now get that. And Isaac sowed in the land. What land? The land that God told him to stay in. You see, if he went to Egypt and decided to sow there, I don't believe that he would have had a hundredfold return just because he sowed a seed. The question was, where is he where God told him to be? See, he sowed in the land where God told him to be in. And when he was in that land, I will be with you. So now, when Abraham sows in the land that God told him to be, now I am with you and I will bless you and I will multiply you. See, because Isaac was where God told him to be, now his seed, now God could take his natural seed and multiply it because he understood that God was with him. Now, let's go to verse 24. And the Lord appeared unto him the same night and said, I am the God of Abraham, thy father. Fear not, for I am with you and will bless you and multiply thy seed for my servant Abraham's sake. Verse 24 again. And the Lord appeared unto him the same night and said, I am the God of Abraham thy father. Fear not, for I am with thee and will bless thee and will multiply thy seed. You see, there's a connection and understanding that we need to receive that as God was with him, God was able to multiply him. You see, there's something. Don't discount the anointing factor. Don't discount the God factor. Abraham was one, but what God blessed him. And made him many. God can do in one moment that you tried to do ten, for ten years. Come on. Come on. Amen. Things that I've tried to do as a pastor for for the last for the last since two thousand seven, since I started as a, as a role as a, as a as a pastor here. Things I've tried to do for for twelve, going on thirteen years. You know, God could, God could fulfill it in one week. God could do it in a moment. So what we have to understand is, is, is God is with me. God is with me. Let's go to Deuteronomy chapter 20. Deuteronomy chapter 20. read this in the Amplified. Verse 1. It says, When you go forth to battle against your enemies and see horses and chariots and an army greater than your own, do not be afraid of them. For the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt is with you. Now see, this is a word from God. This is a word from God. To the people of God. And he tells them. When you go forth to battle against your enemies. And you see horses and chariots. And armies greater than your own. See right now you might have so many things that are greater. Than, than, than what you have in your possession currently. 
Right now, there could be armies all around you. Right now, there, you know, might not know how it's going to end up. Right now, you may be staring a sickness in the face. I don't know what it is, but he tells us, he goes, you see the horses, the chariots, the army, greater than your own. Don't be afraid of them. Don't allow your mountain to be bigger than God. Don't allow your lack right now to be bigger than what, how God wants to increase you. Don't, don't look at how things have happened for the last 10 years and look at that and that being the enemy. Look at the, look at God. Look at the fact that God is with you. God is with you. When you get up tomorrow morning, you walk out of your house and say, God is with me. I'm telling you. And when God was with Isaac, God blessed Isaac. And when God was with Isaac, he multiplied him. When God was with him, he did this. When God was with him, he did that. When God was with them, he called my enemies to be silenced. When God was with him. See, I'm stepping into 2020 knowing God is with me. God is with me. I stepped up here this morning and I declare, God, you're with me this morning. Hallelujah. Don't be afraid of them for the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt is with you. And when you come near to the battle, the priest shall approach and speak to the men and say to them, Hero Israel, you draw near this day to battle against your enemies. Let not your minds or hearts faint. Fear not and do not tremble or be terrified because of them. For the Lord your God, who goes with you to fight for you against your enemies to save you. you know, now you see this, you got to get a picture. God spoke to the leader and told the leader, don't be afraid of the horse, the chariot. And then he says, now go tell all the priests and let the priests tell all the men. So, you know, I'm the priest this morning. I'm the priest of this service this morning. I'm the pastor of heritage of faith. And, and I, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, don't draw near this day to battle. Draw near today to the battle. And don't be afraid of the enemy that's standing in front of you. Because I want you to know that God is with you. And when he's with you and you know that he's with you, your enemy cannot defeat you. Your enemy cannot defeat you. Your enemy cannot have you. Your enemy cannot have your children. Your enemy cannot have your destiny. Your enemy can't have your purpose. So you have to step into this fact knowing that my God is with me. And when he's because he's with me, I'm going to experience supernatural increase. Supernatural increase. Let's go to 2 Chronicles. 2 Chronicles. Second Chronicles 15. Second mm. Chronicles 15 verse 1 says, The Spirit of God came upon Azariah, son of Obed. And he went out to meet Asa, Asa was a king, and said to him, hear me Asa, and all of Judah and Benjamin. And before I keep reading now, you understand, God is speaking through a man to a people. It was what the spirit of God came upon Azariah for him to go to a king. And speak to this king 
Not only was it to the king, but it was to all of Judah and it was to all of Benjamin. Hallelujah. I'm glad that Jesus is the line of the tribe of Judah. Hallelujah. So we could say he's talking to me. Say he's talking to me. What is it? Now, what does he tell him? The Lord is with you. Stop there. <laughs> see, see, we can all shout about the Lord is with you. Can I get an amen? <laughs> now, the next, the next part says, while you're with him. Now, now, is God just with anybody? <laughs> is God just with anybody? See, you got, there's, there's this idea that just this, this God just loves everybody and there he's just accepting. And you know, Jesus, Jesus his, his message was forgiveness and acceptance. No, it wasn't. It was the kingdom of God and repentance. And so, oh, God, Jesus just accepts everybody. Yes, he accepts everybody. And he only accepts those that accept him. He accepted you when he died on the cross for you. But the question is, you have to receive him. You have to receive him. So here, the question that we have to really answer ourselves, it says that Asa, Judah, Benjamin, God is with you while you're with him. So you have to understand, God never changes his position. God, God is still on the throne. God's not going to change where he's at. When he spoke to you 10 years ago, he's still there. You, you may well, I haven't heard God speak to, speak to me in five years. Maybe he never told you to leave that other church. And he's still waiting for you to get back there because that's where he is. For your life, for your purpose. You see, God is with you while you're with him. God doesn't change locations. God is always there. He's sitting there. He's just saying, man, just get with me. Just, just seek me. Just run after me. Just pursue me. I'm, I'm right here. I'm right here. I want to do great things. I want to increase your life. I want to do so many great things. I want to do some great things. But you need to be with me, not just on Sunday. You see, supernatural increase. God is opening a new door and bringing about supernatural increase like never before. Increase takes place, as we've seen with Abraham, as we saw with Isaac, is when we are with him. We are with him. Yeah. God didn't speak to Abraham for 10 years. And when God showed back up to Abraham... What are you saying? I am God Almighty. Walk before me and be thou perfect. Yes. Meaning, I haven't really changed where I'm at. Just get back with me. Walk before me. Stop allowing something become between my face and your face. And he went out with Met Met Asa and said to him, Hear me. While it, hear me, Asa, Judah, and Benjamin. The Lord is with you while you're with him. If you seek him, that's conditional. If you seek him, inquire for and of him, craving him as your soul's first necessity. He'll be found by you. But if you become indifferent and forsake him, he will forsake you. 
Now, for a long time, Israel was without the true God, without a teaching priest, and without the law. Why? Because they forsake so God. God didn't change. God's still waiting them. Verse 4 says, But when in their trouble turn to the Lord, they turn to the, God didn't turn towards them. When they turn towards the Lord, the God of Israel, and in desperation sought him, he was found by them. See, God, say, it's like kind of like this. Israel and God, God's people were like this. And this is where they met. All of a sudden, Israel decided to go over here to worship other idols. And God's over here. God's all the time wanting to bless them. God's wanting to increase them. God's wanting to reveal himself to them. God's wanting them to, to walk and do things they never thought they could do before. And all the while, they're just crying out, crying out, crying out, God, crying out, crying out. And they're doing all these other things. And all of a sudden, it's when they turn towards the Lord. They had to, what? Change their position and find him. God didn't have to find them. They needed to return to him. Because it's when you're with him, he has the ability to increase you. Now let's go to go up uh, go back one chapter to chapter 14. And I want you to see this was a man King Asa was an amazing king. He even he even because he was so had a heart after God, he even put his mama in her place. Told mama, "You're wrong." You're wrong, mama. Why? Because God is more important than me obeying Someone else's wisdom. Because he had to hold on to this word that came from God. Because I've got to stay with God. I've got to stay with God. And it said after he put his mom in her place, it said he led that nation. I believe it was for 30 or 35 years and they didn't have one war. The children of Israel had peace in the nation for 30 to 35 years because they chose to stick with God. Amen. Hallelujah. But look at chapter, verse 1 and 14. So Abijah slept with his fathers, and they buried him in the city of David, and Asa his son reigned in his stead. In his days the land was at rest for ten years, and Asa did what was good and right in the eyes of the Lord his God. He took away the foreign altars in high places, broke down the idol pillars, obliques, and cut down the ashram, the symbols of the God of Asherah, and commanded Judah to seek the Lord, the God of their fathers, to inquire of and for him, and crave him as their vital necessity, and to obey the law and the commandments. Also, Asa took out all the cities of Judah, the idolatrous high places, and the incense altars, And the kingdom had rest under his reign. You see, hear hear my heart, family. There's There's some idols we need to get out of our lives. There's some, what did Asa have to do? He had to, you say, oh, hold on, pastor, stop getting that Old Testament stuff. Preach the word, man. Preach the word. 
Hold, hold your place there. Go to James chapter 4. You want to see some New Testament? See, God's heart is, 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 hasn't changed. We just, don't, we just don't have to come to him with the blood of bulls and goats. I don't, I don't have to worship the Ten Commandments. I've got, the, I've got the Ten Commandments written on my heart. I'm not to do away with the Ten Commandments. They're, they're in me now. When he put the Holy Spirit on me, he sealed me with that promise. For the Holy Spirit to direct me in paths of righteousness. Not to see what I can get away with. But I'm telling you this. You're like, what does this have to do with supernatural increase? Everything. Because I have been my biggest hindrance in stepping up higher. Now, I didn't say you. I said myself. Me. I'm talking about me. James chapter 4 says, but he gives more grace whereof he says, God resists the proud. And he gives grace unto the humble. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Submit yourself to God. That means you have to submit those idols in your life. You need to submit the things you've made God. You need to submit the, your, your success. Submit, submit your attitude. Submit your addiction. Submit, submit the Facebook. Submit social media. Submit your relationships. Submit all that you are. Those things are idols. Food, submit food to God. Submit every aspect of your life. Submit yourself to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. What? Draw nigh to God and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. You know what? He's not writing to sinners here. He's not written to lost people here. This is the book of James, who was the pastor of the church of Jerusalem. So he's writing, he starts off brethren. If he's writing to sinners, he wouldn't have called them brethren. He's talking to believers that need to come to a place to submit themselves to God. Draw near to him. Then what? He draws near to you. There's no difference in saying God is with you when you're with him. So draw near to God, then what? He draw near to you. Thank you, Father. Cleanse your hands, double-minded. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Double-minded means you're putting, you have like, okay, well, I love God, but I love this. I love love this, and I love God. I love this, I I love God. But I choose this, and I say I love God. I say I love God, but I choose this. <laughs> I'm talking to myself too, okay? And this, please, this was not in my notes this morning, okay? <laughs> but the point is, is the thing is, there's things that we have to, we have to push to the side because the word of God, the presence of God, the spirit of God needs to become more important than anything else. Verse 4 in Second Chronicles 14, actually verse 5. And Asa took out all the cities of Judah, the idolatrous high places, and the incense altars, and the kingdom had rest under his reign. And he built fortified cities in Judah, for the land had rest. He had no war in those years, for the Lord gave him peace. Therefore he said to Judah, 
Let us build these cities and surround them with walls, towers, gates, and bars. The land is still ours because we sought the Lord our God. We have sought him, yearned for him with all our desire, and he has given us rest and peace on every side. So they built and they prospered. Wow. They built and they prospered. Why? Because they sought the Lord. Because they knew as they sought the Lord, God was with them. Thank you, Father. Oh, Lord. (laughs) Go to Psalm 65. Thank you, Jesus. Psalm 65. Thank you, Lord. So I need to pick up next week. So I'm not going to get done. Psalm 65, verse 4. And the Amplified. It says, Blessed, happy, fortune to be envied is the man whom you choose. Now it's a capital Y-O-U here, so he's talking about God. Blessed is the man in whom you choose and cause to come near. Thank you, Father. Blessed is the man whom God chooses and calls to come near. Why does he cause you, why does he want you to come near? So what? So that you may dwell in his courts. That we should be satisfied with the goodness of your house. You see, he wants you to come near. Why? Why does he want you to come near? Because he wants you to dwell in his courts. It's his courts. You know, he is where his courts are. His courts are where he hangs out. His courts is where peace is. His courts are where joy is. His courts are where wisdom is. His courts. His presence. And it says that so that we could be satisfied. Satisfied. Now, if, if you... Thank you, Father. Satisfied with the goodness of your house. When you you stay, see, I see supernatural increase will bring supernatural satisfaction. Being satisfied. That we should be satisfied with the goodness of your house, your holy temple. By fearful and glorious things that terrify the wicked, but make the godly sing praises. Do you answer us in righteousness, O God of our salvation? You who are the confidence and the hope of all the ends of the earth and of those who are far off on the seas, who by your might have founded the mountains, being girded with power, who still the roaring of the seas, the roaring of their waves, and the tumult of the people. Let's look down to verse 10. Verse 9, I'm sorry. You, this is talking about God when you dwell in his house. You visit the earth and you water it. You greatly enrich it with the river of God, which is full of water. You prepare them corn when thou hast so provided for it. You will water the ridges thereof abundantly. Thou sows the furrows thereof, and you make it soft with showers. Thou blessest the springs thereof. You crown thy year with goodness, and your paths drop fatness. Now, what do you see? When we dwell in his courts, 
This is everything that he does. He visits this. He showers that. He provides this. He does that. And then verse 7, 10, 11, it says, you crown our year with goodness and our paths drop fatness. Now, let me, let me, you see, when you hang out with God, now, now think, if, if you just got on God's path, <laughs> If, if you understood exactly what God wanted you to do in this next season, what could happen in your life? Now, now if we read this in another, another version, you crown the year with your goodness and your path drops abundance. Wherever your footsteps touch the earth, a rich harvest is gathered. That's the common English version. Wherever your footsteps touch the earth, a rich harvest is gathered. See, it's talking about where God's path is. So when I'm with God, I'm where his path is. And I'm where his path is, there's where a rich harvest gathers. The Good News Translation says, what a rich harvest your goodness provides. Wherever you go, there's plenty. Wherever you go, there's plenty. Thank you, Father. Wherever you go, there's plenty. Oh, Father, we thank you. Thank you, Father. Oh, Father, we thank you. We thank you, Father, that everywhere you go, there's plenty. Oh, Father, I thank you that you are a God that's with us. You are a God that's in us and you are a God that's for us. Oh, Father, I thank you for supernatural increase. And Father, I thank you that we get hooked up with you today. As we step into 2020, I thank you that you are a God that is with us. Thank you, Father. You are a God that's with us. You are a God that's with us. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. God is with you when you're with him. Hallelujah. You know, as I, as I close with this, if I think about the rich young ruler. The rich young ruler came to Jesus. He came to him and he called him master, teacher. And he said, teacher, what must I do to experience eternal life? What must I do to experience the God kind of life? This life that's far beyond what I could ever ask, think, dream, or imagine. This life that we, the way you know it, Jesus. The way that God understands it. And Jesus was like, well, why don't you keep the commands? He said, well, I've kept all those since my youth. And, and he said, he said, he goes, well, go sell all that you have and follow me. Follow me. The issue is never about the rich man becoming, becoming poor to be holy. The issue all had to do with who are you running with? Who are you, you want to experience, you, you've experienced some financial success, you've experienced some of these things, but there's something in here that needs to come up higher and it can't be found in doing what you've always done. Go sell all that you have and follow me. Meaning, meaning you've done a lot of things in the natural, but, but in order to step into the supernatural increase, you're going to have to, to, to not stop, you're going to have to stop trusting in natural things. That's like, that's like Isaac going down to Egypt. And get with me. You know the story? You know, Jesus, the disciples, he said, you know, Jesus, it's, it's hard for a, the, a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. But yet the disciples were like, well, then who can be saved? That means, that means they must have been rich. 
The disciples must have been rich some aspect because they would have, they would have, they wouldn't have said, well, then who can be saved? <laughs> who can be saved? And Jesus said, with man, with man, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. I mean, that's something no natural man will always have limitations. But in Mark chapter 10, with God, when I'm with God, all things are possible. And God, Jesus goes on to tell them, no one, no one who has chosen to be with me. What does he say? No one who's left houses, lands, mothers, and fathers for my sake, for the gospel's sake, with persecution... They said they will have a hundredfold in this life. But this hundredfold in this life, not had to do with taking a vow of poverty. Hundredfold in this life had everything to do with, I'm going to be with him. Because I'm with him, I know he's with me. Do you receive that word today? Give him a shout of praise. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you.